0: Hi, I'm Sean and the Bible reading today is taken from Hebrews chapter 12 from verses 4 through to 13. In your struggle against sin you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live, They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and a peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Here ends the reading of God's word.
1: Well, we're up to the next in our series on being set apart by God and for God. And today's topic follows on from last week's one, the glory of adoption. Now that we belong to God as his children, how are we meant to live like we belong? Well, here we consider the pain of discipline. But now let's join in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we reflect on these words, help us to see how you work for our good even though at times it may be painful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you may have heard of the saying, no pain, no gain. And it's true for many things in life, isn't it? You don't become a top athlete, for example, a top soccer player or swimmer or basketball player without a lot of pain involved. Years of training, exercise, fitness regimes, diets, weightlifting and cardio. You don't get to be good at anything, really, without a lot of pain. And so, no pain, no gain. Now, my wife, Yvonne, she used to do ballet. She did it for about eight years, and she got pretty good at it, prancing around, doing the splits and whatever ballet dancers do. I've seen enough ballet movies with Yvonne to know that their toes get all mangled up. And so, no pain, no gain. In fact, I try to do the splits a lot of pain involved, and so I'd rather not gain the skill and save my pain. But that was about 25 years ago now for Yvonne. But the other day, she did a pirouette. You know, that's when they spin on the spot, and, and she got dizzy. And one of our kids, who shall rename nameless, wasn't too impressed. But to remain good at it, you have to continue to practice the different positions, the different routines. And so, no pain, no gain. And it goes for everything else in life. You don't go to bed one night and wake up the next morning and discover suddenly I'm an awesome violin player or a cello player. You don't become a leader in your field of science or research or finance or medicine. It just doesn't happen overnight. It never happens overnight, but only after years of study, of practice, of training, of sweat and blood. No pain, no gain. But now let me ask you, how do you gain the things that are most important in the eyes of God? More important than what we're good at, our skills or our competencies. More important than what we're able to do, our successes or achievements. How do you gain a character that is in the very likeness of God's own Son, Jesus Christ? Gentle and patient. And kind and loving and compassionate and selfless and gracious and righteous and pure. Well, it doesn't happen overnight, it is also through lots of pain. And that is the perspective that Christians have when we come to all of life's trials and pains and difficulties and hardship and suffering and disappointments and setbacks that we can, in fact, see. Pain and hardship as part of God's discipline. Now, not discipline in the sense that God has a big wooden cane and He's out to get us. nor is it God punishing us for some sin we committed, though sometimes it can mean that. but it is God out of love, training, instructing, rebuking, correcting through all of life's difficulties and painful experiences. Now of course the suffering and evil we do experience in life it is the product of living in a fallen and broken world being descendants of Adam and Eve and it could also be because of the sins of others we suffer or because of our own sins they are all true. But what we see in this passage today is that in all suffering and hardship we must not forget that God who remains sovereign and our Father in heaven may be teaching us a lesson, giving us some pain so that we might gain. And that is exactly what we see here. In fact, it is called a word of encouragement. And so this is very applicable and relevant now for you. If, If you are suffering now and you're finding life difficult and even unbearable, do remember what God says here. Do remember us. We will pray for you. We will care for you. But we cannot forget what we see here. And that is the word of encouragement. Have a look at verses 4 and 5, 5 and 6 with me. Verse 5. And if you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons, that is, remember the sun language, it is the air language. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. That is, take the lesson seriously. Do not dismiss it. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. And why? The final part. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Now do you see how profound that is? That is specifically. perspective that we're meant to remember when we do face hardship of any kind it's what we call tough love isn't it it's what parents do all the time I mean just think about it what's more loving to a child if a child is regularly throwing tantrums being disrespectful swearing being violent slamming the door what is more loving To let the child be and to think, well, he has his moments. He'll get over it. Give him five minutes and he'll be fine. Or to say to your son, this is not how you behave in our household. The world does not revolve around you. Throwing a tantrum does not mean you get what you want. Now you apologize sincerely, not only to me, but to your mother and your siblings. And because it's not the first time, you'll be punished as well. It's called tough love you see it's not easy is it to punish a child especially if they're cute easier to just let go be indifferent but what is more loving well what's more loving is the one who disciplines the one who shows tough love the one who would even punish because if there is no discipline at all that child will turn out to be a self-centered selfish punk in 10 years time and so we who hear this, we do not lose heart when God rebukes us. He does so out of love. And that's why in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 12, we read, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. And so with much of life experiences, God disciplines because he loves us. Look at verse 7 with me. Endure Hardship as discipline, that is, all hardship. God is treating you as sons, for what son is not disciplined by his father. You see, that is God, the God-given responsibility placed upon all parents. Not merely to provide and to clothe and to shelter. I mean, anyone can do that. But it is to also discipline, not simply counting One, two, three, and then smack down each time, whatever that means. But it is to intentionally instruct, correct, rebuke, and to form in the child a character that is pleasing to God. And that's why we read in Proverbs 13, 24, Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. And if that is expected of us as human parents, how much more so when it comes to God, our Father in heaven, he disciplines us too. And so look at verse 8 now. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. If God is not disciplining you, then that verse says it means that God is not treating you as one of his children and you don't belong to the family of God. You see, that makes sense, doesn't it? It is my God-given responsibility as a parent, as a father, to discipline my own children. That's my prerogative. You won't see me disciplining your child nor would you want to. That's your responsibility. And so how do my children know that they belong to me? Well, apart from living in my house, sharing my surname, calling me dad, they get to experience my discipline because I love them enough to do so. And so how much more so with God? Look at verse 9 now. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. I mean, how many of you respect your father now for how they disciplined you? When you were younger, back then you thought they were so strict, but now you think they're wise. And then we read on, How much more shall we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? And that is the perspective we can live with when we experience the hardships and the tough seasons of life. Endure hardship and pain as God's discipline out of love. But now, for what purpose? Well, discipline is for gain and the gaining of what is important in the eyes of God, the, the growing in godliness, in righteousness, in purity, in Christ-likeness. Pain as discipline, but discipline for gain. And that's why any parent will want to discipline their child because it is for their gain. In my household, we've only recently started this, but For a few years now, we've always been trying to teach our children contentment, thankfulness to God. Be thankful for all that you have now. You be thankful for what you eat at dinner. Don't complain about the green stuff. You eat it, you be thankful for it. Or when we go on a holiday, you you don't complain. Or when your friends get this or that, don't whinge, don't complain. Be thankful, be content. And so how we're doing that at the moment, on my whiteboard at home. I've got a a little table with my kids' names on it. And each time any of my kids complain, I put a mark against their name. And I've told them, if you get enough marks against your name, you're going to get punished. And suddenly, they're a bit more careful about whinging and complaining. But of course, I, like all parents, we do our best. We try our best. We have good intentions for their character development. But as human parents, we do make mistakes. And I hope not, but perhaps one day there may be something that I'll regret for doing or not doing as a father. But I'll do my best as far as I know my own heart. But you see, when it comes to God who disciplines us with all wisdom and knowledge and power that he has, there'll be nothing he'll regret. He'll always get it right. And that's what we see. Look at verse 10 now. Our fathers discipline us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. So what that means is that even now, whatever you might be experiencing in life now, God knows, God cares, it is intended, and God never regrets. So perhaps at this point, it's it's also worth me acknowledging. Some of you may not have had very good experiences with your father, maybe an abusive father, maybe an absentee father, or maybe no father at all. But you need to hear this. Our father in heaven is not like that at all. Will never abuse, will never forsake, but will always, always love even when it means sometimes some pain. You can rest assured with that. But this is not to say that discipline is easy. Well, we know that. We've experienced that. It's never pleasant at the time. I still remember how I used to be disciplined back in the days. And I'm glad for it. I mean, look at how I turned out. Now I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. But getting all our theology right about pain and suffering and God's discipline... It does not take away from the sting of pain. The hardships that refine us, that stretches us to persevere, that builds resilience, that grows our character, they can be brutal experiences. But it is long-term gain over short-term pain. Look at verse 11 now. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I mean, why would a ballet dancer put their bodies through such excruciating pain? Why would swimmers get up at 4 a.m. in the morning to train? Why would parents sometimes with tears punish their child? And why would God allow us to experience all the difficulties and hardships and pains of life because there is much to gain and for us who belong to God it is a harvest of righteousness and peace he said we're like a, a diamond in the rough and God through all the hardships of life all the hard knocks of life chisels away all our rough edges so that we might one day look like a precious diamond I mean, just consider some of the elderly members in our church. And if you don't know any, get to know them. I always find great encouragement talking to any of them. I mean, how did I have such patience, such kindness, such gentleness, such wisdom, such compassion? Well, it's been a lifetime of training. It's been a lifetime of God's discipline. Pain as discipline, but discipline for gain. And so, what that means is that we can see our pain, whatever we might experience, as our gain. There is nothing that life throws at us that God did not intend for our good, as hard as it might be. Pain as gain. And it has to be that way for those of us who have been adopted into the family of God. We are now children of the King. I mean, just last week, I spoke to one of our elderly members and she reminded me God is still sitting on his throne, even now, which means he still rules from above. And all our experiences now, all that we see now, all that we feel now, are somehow for our good. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul tells us? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And very often, I know even in my own experience, we see that good work of God not only when times are good, but when times are tough and difficult. It's why Stephen Charnock, a Puritan minister from from the 17th century, he once said, We often learn more of God under the rod that strikes us, than under the staff that comforts us. Yvonne and myself, we've lived about 40 years each, and we've had our fair share of trials that has broken us, reduced us to tears, and brought us to our knees, and I'm sure you do as well. They've never been pleasant, never expected. But the times, looking back, when we learnt humility most was not The times when things were going well, but when things were going bad. The times when we learned patience most was not when life was under control, but when life was out of control. The times when we learned love most was not when it was abundant, but when it was lacking. The times when we learned to trust wholeheartedly most, our whole life is in your hands, God, was not when we felt sufficient and able but when we felt completely inadequate and broken. I mean, if I were to design my life to grow in godliness and Christ-likeness, I would never have designed it that way. I mean, wouldn't it be easier to learn and to grow when life is comfortable, easy, just smooth sailing? But what would that have produced in me? It would have produced self-sufficiency, entitlement, and pride and it wouldn't have worked but God's way works though pain though suffering is hard it is God's discipline discipline that will bring forth a harvest of righteousness you see God is far more interested in my character than my comfort and God is far more interested in your character than your comfort And of course, God still has a lot of work to do in me yet. And that's why Yvonne and myself, we sometimes reflect and we dread. What does God have in store for us still? And we sometimes feel we don't want to grow anymore because we know it will mean more pain. But then when we come again from God's perspective and we experience something tough, if this hardship that is happening means that God will grow us more, then let it be. God's will be done. That will be more Christ-like. That will be more godly, pure, righteous in what God is doing in us. There is more to gain. And that's the confidence we can have. And that's why C.S. Lewis, he said, We are not necessarily doubting that God will do the best for us. We are wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. And so what about you? I know that for some of you, you are finding life really difficult now. And it is. We don't have to deny it or avoid it. But if that is you, then you have to remember the words here. If that is not you, then remember you have to praise God. But eventually those times will come for you. But if that is you, whatever it might be, chronic illness... Ongoing health problems, a strained relationship, family tension, finding it hard to make ends meet. If you see it from God's perspective, then as you reflect on your experience now, isn't it possible that it's meant to breed patience in you, teach you to be disciplined in your prayer and devotion, make you a more compassionate person, knock the pride out of you and make you more humble? toughen you up so that you'll persevere in faith or soften you so that you'll be more useful to God and when we do experience pain we can always ask what is this pain producing in me what is God doing in my heart and so we can see my pain is my gain and so now as this passage ends We strengthen our feeble arms and weak knees. We remember the word of encouragement. We we do not lose heart because God is treating us as his children. Because no pain, no gain. And there is a harvest of righteousness for us to gain. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do trust in your wisdom and all the experiences you allow us to experience And we know that they are for our good, so help us to persevere. Strengthen our weak arms, our feeble knees, that we might walk in faith, be disciplined, and to produce in us a harvest of righteousness. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.